Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. And welcome to another edition of the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. It's Thursday night, October 8th, uh, 10 o'clock Eastern Time for anybody listening live or if you're listening on demand or on iTunes at any point over the weekend. As always, we do appreciate it. Uh, exciting show lined up. we got got uh, phone lines. we got some exciting guests, as always. Uh, joining me, Anthony Aniano, is my colleague and co-host, uh, Mr. Doug Dudaller. And uh, also joining us, and we're going to get to him in just a minute, from Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, uh, somebody who's become a good friend of mine uh, through our years in the industry, uh, Drew Phelps. Drew's going to talk to us about a few things in fantasy football, and uh, there's a lot of things going on in the world of fantasy sports. Phone lines are open tonight at 347-838-8088, so feel free to give us a call. Uh, don't forget, check me out at rotoballer.com, draftvalet.com, all sorts of stuff, great stuff going on on both of those sites. So uh, follow us on Twitter at A. Aniano Fantasy. And follow the show on Facebook at the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. Doug, Drew, guys, welcome aboard. Excited to have you both on. We'll start with Doug. How are you tonight? I'm well, Anthony. Football's kicking in high gear. and We've got a little baseball. It's a great time of the year, my friend. A lot going on. And, Drew, thanks for joining us tonight. I know um, some... Uh, some uh, Things came up last week. You weren't able to join us, but glad we were able to get you back on this week. How are you, my friend? Yeah, again, apologize for last week. Uh, it's been kind of a crazy week here, but uh, things settled down, and glad to have you on. Uh, glad to finally join you. Um, hey, we even got hockey going, guys. We've got hockey. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> hockey started. Uh, I don't know if anybody's a basketball guy. Basketball preseason's underway. Um, I know, Drew, for you, baseball's come to an uh, yep. Less than satisfying end, but for uh, Doug and I, it's still going strong up here in the New York area. But yeah. um, <laughs> well, we don't but, need to uh, talk about that team. I'm just glad we're done. With that <laughs> <one>. <laughs> so, so Drew, let's get started right away. And you yeah. know, it's funny. I would have never thought to ever have this conversation on this show. We like to keep it light. We like to keep it fun yeah. and help people set their lineups and stuff. And and, you know, and stick to the fun part of, of fantasy sports. But me personally, this whole controversy with DraftKings and FanDuel in the daily game, for no uncertain terms, it pissed me off. And, yeah. I mean, it did. It, it pissed me off because it gave a black eye to what I think is a, is a uh, what started once as a great hobby, a great game, something fun for, for guys like us to get together and watch sports and BS. And we all know how that game has now boomed into a giant industry. But it gave a black eye on this industry and made a lot of people look twisted at at the whole the whole genre in general. Um, I, I'm dying to get your thoughts because of, of who you are and where you work, your thoughts on that whole DFS mess between DraftKings and FanDuel. I completely agree that it's so sad that something like this puts such a bad light on our industry. And we had built up so much to where people you know, talk about fantasy in everyday life. Like, I have my wife interested in playing DFS now. She loves actually every week she goes, hey, you know, help me set my lineup this week. 
I mean, it's just even even normal. My mom's playing now. I mean, it's you got to the point where people are enjoying it to a level where not they, it actually gets people interested in playing. And it, it, something like this can it just puts such a stink on it. Like just regular average people now say, "Oh, that DFS thing." Everybody those annoying commercials you see all the time. Oh, who knew it was a scandalous industry? You know, it was a scandalous thing because you're already annoyed enough by the commercials. Who is commercials? <laughs> I mean, you've seen the same one a billion freaking times, and now you see the annoying commercial and you're like, oh, that's a scandalous business. There's all shady stuff going on. There's insider trading going on. Because that's all they're hearing from the media. And the media you know, doesn't have all the facts. That's basically plain and simple. And so even if it isn't true, just like if any story in the media nowadays, if it's not true, it doesn't mean it's not going to get bad press. And that's what's basically happening. It put bad press on us. And I know everybody says, you know, no news is, but, you know, no press is bad press. But I think in this situation, it seriously did put a hamper on what is building into a great, you know, great industry. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, the attorney general of the state of New York is now investigating mm-hmm. it. I mean, the government congressional hearing is coming. I don't care what anybody says. They're going to bring the oh, yeah. CEOs of FanDuel and DraftKings. They're going to bring them up to Congress. I mean, I remember, Drew, geez, I want to say five, six years ago on, on this very show when I, when I worked for a different company, we had – one of these, when when FanDuel was really just a, 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 a low-level ground movement, we had them on as a guest. And to see it grow now has been unbelievable. But he, but here's here's the the problem. I, I and some would hear this and think it's a little outrageous. You go on Twitter, you go on Facebook, you go on whatever mm-hmm. other form of social media you like to go on. And now there are fantasy football experts out there who are just DFS experts. You yeah. know, I don't, I, don't, I don't consider myself a DFS guy. I'm, I'm in my mid-40s. I've been playing. I enjoy, for both baseball and football, if I had to choose, you know, if my wife said pick one or the other, I'd probably pick the yearly game, uh, the seasonal game, just because I, I, I don't plan on getting rich off of this. I just find the yeah. seasonal game more enjoying. I mean, that's just me. Um, but you got guys on Twitter, these DFS-only experts. Yeah, I mean, you have them on, on Sears. You have them everywhere. Like you said, it's all over the commercials. Yes. But you have these I guys. Some of the, I am with the golf game now. <laughs> I'm technically, I golf okay, there you go. Right, Whether it's golf. Heck, <laughs> I, I, my claim to fame in DFS is I won an MMA tournament on DraftKings once. That's my claim <laughs> to fame. But, but these DFS experts, if you follow them on Twitter, even yeah. their Twitter pictures, they're sitting there with – with with stacks of cash in front of them, mm-hmm. they're leaning on hundred thousand dollar cars. The perception is there that that this is gambling, and that now that there's this insider training, sometimes I wonder if these if those of us in the business who are really slanted towards being DFS guys, are we helping or hurting the perception? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no. I, I, like I said, I think this whole it, it brought these two companies even more in the light and then all these expert guys now now are out there defending it but the thing is their images aren't that great because of what they're portraying as as these big time it's poker it's poker all over again i mean and it's not and it's more than i'm talking about the gambling side of thing i'm not even talking about that i'm just talking about the persona of these players that they are superstars among themselves remember how many poker players you knew the names of you know five six years ago when it was huge, mm-hmm. you knew money make, you knew Chris, you know, money maker. You knew, I mean, you knew, um, you know, Phil Helmuth and and all these guys like were big time stars just for being players that people knew who they are. Daniel Negreanu, I, I used to be crazy into it, 
And yeah. it's it's like that now. It's like these guys have become superstars among themselves in the industry. And because a lot of the guys are expert poker players, they're basically just moving it over into a new genre. If you even listen to the lingo, it's so similar to playing DFS. I know guys that don't know anything about sports, know nothing, but they're pro poker players and they live in Vegas and they know stats and numbers and stuff like that. And they follow, especially like baseball and things like that. They're not even experts and they're still playing, they're playing this stuff. <laughs> they don't know sports right, at all. Right. It's their persona. They're, they're going off this persona. Everybody's got their own image that they're doing, especially the big time players and stuff like that. So no, I completely agree. Does their this own controversy, yeah, oh, oh, without a doubt. Two questions, and then I want to move on to some fun stuff. Yeah. Does this controversy this week, and it's it's on now every major newspaper, media market, yeah. that's all you can see in the paper right now. I mean, like like my good friend Lenny Melnick put on Facebook today, Russia is bombing the bejesus out of Syria and ISIS, and the headline story is a DFS controversy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, in, I in the local papers, right? I saw the Today but, Show talking. I saw the Today Show talking about it the other day. I mean, it's, it, it, it is a little absurd. It, it is a little yeah. absurd. But does this begin the end the way poker? You you brought the poker analogy no, in, and I, we're I not even talking. It, I don't think it ends. Okay. I really don't think it ends. I, I think it's it's a big business, and I think it'll be. I think the long run, long term thing here. I think it's just going to be regulated sooner or later. It's going to be regulated, whether by the government or by themselves. By themselves, it's going to be more regulated. I think that's just the the end point here. I don't think it goes away. I really don't. Does it change the way you play the DFS game? Are you a little more hesitant to play in a a, no. a, a bigger money thing, knowing that as much as the odds were already stacked against you, maybe they're even stacked against you more? No, I'm I'm dumb and I keep playing. I keep playing and playing and playing. <laughs> I, I do. I have a I have a fifty fifty hockey going tonight. <laughs> I have a fifty fifty. Yeah, hockey I think that's and. That that basically sums it up right there, then, huh? <laughs> exactly. I, I play. I play. I, play, I, I won't follow the Caps. And I, I know the big players around the league, but I don't follow enough. Like I do, like football and baseball and stuff like that. But I'm playing it tonight, so <laughs> that tells you all you need to know. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Drew. Let's have some fun now, and I want to talk a little Washington Redskins football. Okay. You're down in that area, that's I know. Fun. I know that's that's one of your teams, and. It's funny, and Doug, I'm going to get your thoughts on this, too. We're going to kind of center this around the NFC East. Um, Four weeks ago, it looked like the Dallas Cowboys were going to walk away with this NFC East, and then it was as if Russia bombed Dallas' training camp and everybody got hurt. Mm -hmm. Washington, the Giants have come back to life. The Eagles have looked terrible. But here's Washington, let's be honest, not a good team. So from a fantasy perspective, when you look at this team, who's out there that you would use, not even a daily, but in a seasonal league? Do you trust the Pierre Garçon with the inconsistent QB play? Do you trust any of those running backs at this point? Want to get your take because you see him probably more than even I do. Yeah, it's uh, with the running back situation. Let's start with that. It's be it, and I'll give Jay Gruden credit for this. He said from the start of the season. He was going to ride the hot hand, and and he has. If you watch the games, if there if one guy is running better, he stuck with them and kept fed, feeding them the rock. And he did it last week with Alfred Morris. He got more touches than Matt Jones. He just seemed like he was running better. And then the game Matt Jones went off. Even Alfred started off well in that game, had a 35 yard run, but Matt Jones came right in and ran the 31 yard touchdown on him. 
so, and he just kept rolling with them. He, he's really run with a hot hand. Chris, Chris Thompson last week was running really well, had that drop in the middle that got him going, and he had enough, a couple nice catches. He is definitely the third down back. Just, just, just put that in there right there. He is going to be in on third downs. He's a great pass catcher. He's shifty, quick. He is the change of pace guy. But between those two, Matt Jones and Alfred Morris, it is basically a, a crapshoot each week. You just got lucky. You got to get lucky that the guy you play is the one that gets hot that week. Plain and simple. You just got to get lucky. That's it. Uh, by the way, Frank Gore just scored a touchdown for any of those players out there. Uh, <laughs> third rushing touchdown of the season for Frank Gore. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's basically a, a crapshoot. So, uh, you go to the receivers. Can't trust anybody but Garçon's probably the only one you could play as a wide receiver three, a low-end wide receiver three. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you just don't know. He's not, he's not getting the volume, and he doesn't get the end zone. He's consistently got this in the past week, and he's got two on the season. Um, but he's still the go-to target. Now, especially with Jordan Reed out, he's got to be. So I could definitely still play Garçon at least as a wide receiver three, like a flex option. Um, mm-hmm. The guy I actually really like, that I picked <clears> up in, especially in deeper leagues, is Jamison Crowder. The rookie is fast, quick, and they're not even using him in the role he should be, which is more of like a, a deep threat or, you know, trick plays and things like that. He's that kind of player that can be explosive. But the thing is with the injuries they're suffering right now, with no Pierre Garçon, he's having to be more of a possession guy. And he's been really reliable for him, really solid. If you look at his numbers the last couple of games, he's getting better and better, being targeted more because Kirk uh, Cousins trusts him because he catches the ball, unlike some of these other guys. And with Deshaun not, if Deshaun doesn't play, he's a guy you definitely got to target. He's getting more and more run. Especially, I actually think even with Deshaun back, he'll play more of a natural role of a slot. And I think he'll even be more targeted because they're going to, you know, look at Deshaun deep, and he'll be open over the middle a lot more. I actually really like that kid going forward. Yeah, Crowder on the season, 15 catches, 117 yards. Uh, you know, through four games, he's clearly active in it. Um, go back to the running backs real quick, Drew. 12-team standard league. I know there's some bye weeks and things going on this week. Mm-hmm. Um, can you trust – I personally, I can't trust either one as an RB2. You can't trust them, but you said you don't know who – Right. That's really the only way. If you have any other semi-regular mm-hmm. option – and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but if you have Chris Johnson of Arizona, you know, <laughs> if you have you – know, and, and four weeks ago we would have never said that. But if you have Chris Johnson now with somebody like that, it's a clear play over this Redskin mess. Oh, no question. I mean, no question. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, would I'll it be outrageous no to st- would it be outrageous to start Thompson in a PPR league though? No, I don't think it, I don't think it's crazy. But I wouldn't like. I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, if you have to have two better options, you have to. But, I mean, I could see maybe in a flex in a in a bye week situation pinch, but that's about it. I mean. Uh, he's he's a third down guy. He's going to catch some balls out of the backfield, but it all depends on the. It, it's really it is like it is watching this team. I've watched so much of this team. And it's just a game flow thing. It really is. He's going to get the third. Right. The one nice thing is he does have a role. He's the third down guy because he can catch balls out of the backfield. He's quick, fast, and he can get to the outside. That's his his role. So he has that. So actually, you can say that's a positive over the other two because you don't know who they're going to throw in on first and second down between the two of them. Right. They sometimes split series. Sometimes they come in mid-series. It really – you don't know when they're going to go. And even Jay Gruden has said it. I'll give him complete credit. He even said, I don't care who you throw out there. I'm gonna, we're going to call the place we call for whoever it is. They don't change mm-hmm. the play call according to who's in there. If the back is in there, he's running that play. It doesn't matter. So 
it, it's all up in the air. You don't know. So if you have two other better options, you start them, especially a guy like Chris Johnson. He is the guy out there in Arizona. I hate to say it, but he yeah. is. Arians yeah. loves him. So I would go, yeah, I, if you have better options, I would, cause unless you just feel like being risky and you get lucky one week with one of these two guys blowing up like Matt Jones did in week two. Yeah, that's really what it would be is just getting lucky with the right yeah. guy. Drew, I know I know you got a lot going on. I don't want to keep you too long, but one last Redskin yeah. question. Is Kirk Cousins going to finish this season, you think, as the Redskins starting quarterback, uh, or does the presence of RG3, does that have any factor at all left in Washington? I I, I'm hoping and praying it is. Uh, he hasn't been active at all this, this entire season. I think the only reason he is still on the roster is because of Daniel Snyder, personally. I think he's, he, he gave him finally the okay, okay, you can start Kirk Cousins. But when he brought up the idea of cutting him, he said, no, you can't do it. I think that's what happened. Jay got his, got his wish. He got Kirk Cousins to start. But when he asked to cut him, I guarantee Dan said, no, you're not cutting my guy. Um, I just don't think he wants to do it like that. He wants to part with him like that. Uh, he's, his, he's his boy. He loves RG3. You know, he gave up the world for him. But uh, I think Cousins does finish the season. I think he has enough in the tank to – they want to see what they've got. I think he is playing for a job this season. He's got to prove something. I think he's been good as a game manager this season. Had you know, a couple. He has that turnover gene. It was the one thing, his bugaboo since college. He has the turnover gene. But he's a solid thrower. Uh, I like that he looks downfield. If you just look at the sack numbers between RG3 and him, it's ridiculous. And the line didn't get that much better. Um, mm-hmm. he, just, he gets rid of the ball. He stares, steps up in the pocket, and he can deliver a pass. I like that. If he throws a pick or two every once in a while, sometimes you've got to live with that. Um, Gunslingers right. do it. Like, look, Brett Favre for years. I mean, he just slings it. Yeah. I like that he does that. You know, he's not, I'm not saying he's Brett Favre. I'm just saying in general, I like a guy that's willing to throw the ball down the field, which RG3 was always scared to do. He was scared in the pocket, didn't know how to handle it. So I think he does finish the season. I'm not going to say he's going to be the guy going forward. He's not the franchise quarterback, I don't think, right now. As of right now, he's not the franchise quarterback. I think he has a chance to make, you know, make an impression this year. He's got to keep playing like he did last week. But I'm hoping and praying that the RG3 era is done. They will move on the offseason. I think, if anything, Cousins might be back next year, and there's a new crop next year. I really like what they're doing. They're rebuilding the team slowly. They're going to, they're going to build the team around for when they do bring in their franchise quarterback. They're bringing in infrastructure. They're bringing in O-line guys. They're bringing in D-line guys. They're bringing in more weapons on the offensive side. And I think next year or maybe the year after that, they do finally draft their, their new franchise quarterback, and they'll have the parts around him to make him be successful, to help him be successful. Fair enough. I think that's the goal. Can RG3, I like the GM. Can RG3 be saved if he goes to another team? He's got to be right in the right situation, and they have to have somebody that's willing to build the offense around him like Shanahan did his first year. That's the only way he succeeds. You have to have a, court, a right. coach that's willing to tailor the offense completely around what he does well, which is the read option. But the problem is, after RG3 got hurt, he didn't want to run the read option anymore. He wanted to turn into an Aaron Rodgers, as he called himself. He wants to be an Aaron Rodgers-type quarterback. The problem is he doesn't have that skill set. He had never had that skill set as a kid. He was told he was the greatest ever since he was a kid, <laughs> but he's right. not that guy. He needs to learn. He's basically going back to like high school or college level to learn this stuff, how to be a three-step drop-and-throw quarterback. So I think they would have to tailor the offense around him. The problem is he would have to want to do that. I don't think he wants to be the running quarterback anymore and run that like Colin Kaepernick or you know read option offense, which basically doesn't even work anymore in the NFL. I mean, Cam Newton kind of right. runs a variation of it, but he can drop back and throw it. So mm-hmm. 
True. Is there any way you can any way you can see him going? That's the ideal situation for him. You mean any team you think I could be successful with him? Yeah. Uh, it, it all depends on the on the offense, on the on the on the coach and the offensive coordinator if they're willing to do that. And I don't see any situations out there right now that really would be willing to. I mean, there's a lot of. I don't know. I, I can't see a team just completely dropping their system and trying to build it up around him. I. I think he's too toxic. I mean, I'm he sure he's going to pick him basically. up. Exactly. I think somebody will pick him up. They'll take a shot on him. I just, I, I can't see anybody just dropping and completely tearing the offense around him when he doesn't even want to run that off. So I, I, I can't see him being successful anywhere else. I just don't see it. At the best, he'll be a backup. Um, yeah, maybe he'll just go back to college and start coaching. <laughs> or be a has he, has he been a problem head. child down in Washington, though? <laughs> I don't think he's been a problem child. He He says all the right things. I mean, he does make some bonehead say, saying every once in a while, like, I'm the best quarterback in the league. He <laughs> tries to be the good citizen. Probably doesn't come out very often because he said he's used to being treated like a god, and he was in college. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's really been a problem child. I think it's more he does – I think he has gone up and told his, his buddy, you know, told on the, bo- the boss before. You know, he'd gone up and told on Jay for being rude to him or being mean to him and stuff like that. I think he's had a little bit of that. Um, but I wouldn't call him a problem child. I think he's just – he hasn't been coached enough to know what the proper etiquette is in situations. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's been, right. he's, he's never been in this situation before, so he doesn't know how to handle it. So he's trying to handle it the best he can, internalize it the best he can. Um, let's just put it this way. I know from people that have been in, involved with the team that he's not well-liked among the teammates. Like, he just doesn't get okay. along with them. He's a different guy. Like, I heard this story from a, a good source, put it this way, that he – uh, there was a preseason meeting. Uh, there's a preseason uh, party at a team guy before training camp. He invited all the players over to his house. RG3 was the only one not on the guest list. Hmm. And wow. the wife heard about it from one of the other wives and called and, and bitched to Robert and said, "Why are we not going to this party?" <laughs> so it's like that kind of. It, it's he's not the guy. He's not part of the guys. And most quarterbacks aren't. If you look at over the history, quarterbacks aren't like the. But they are respected enough to be invited. And stuff. I just don't think he has that respect, or that at least that be that be the guy, one of the guys. He's just not one of those dudes. He's he's a little different. He's just different. Yeah, wow. enough. All right, Drew. Listen, man. I thank you. Uh, thank you for coming on. I appreciate you spending some time with us. Uh, go Thanks chill out. Watch the rest of this crew. game. <laughs> yeah, man. And uh, let's do this again soon. This was fun. Yeah. Anytime, guys. Anytime. You guys have a great night. Enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks, Drew. All right. Thanks, Drew. Bye. That's Drew Phelps, Sirius XM, uh, Fantasy Sports Radio. He's one of the producers that does a great job, gets me on a bunch of shows whenever he can. And uh, he knows his Washington Redskins. He knows his daily sports. Uh, so good stuff, good stuff with that. Quick update on the game right now. The Indianapolis Colts have the lead 20-10 to 10 over the Houston Texans. And in typical Thursday night fashion, Doug, uh, fantasy-wise, there's not much going on. Brian Hoyer, Ryan Mallett, they've both played quarterback for Houston. They've done nothing. Hoyer's thrown a TD. Arian Foster, 14 carries for 32 yards. He's been ineffective. DeAndre Hopkins, 7 for 95. Jalen Strong, the rookie for the Texans, has one catch for 42 yards, but it was for a touchdown. Odds are he wasn't in many lineups. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins was, and he's doing okay. Cold side of thing, no Andrew Luck again because of the shoulder. Hasselback's done nothing, a buck 36 and a touch. Frank Gore, 63 yards rushing in one touchdown, so he's giving you 12 points. Andre Johnson, uh, resurgent after being a non-factor the first four weeks. Four for 61 and one touchdown. 
T.Y. Hilton, three for 38. Dwayne Allen, one for 21. And Dante Moncrief has done nothing. One catch for three yards. Hopefully you didn't play him after his early season successes. So, Doug, I didn't get to ask you. I had Drew on. I want to do uh, – I know he had things to do. But what is your take on this whole daily fantasy sports? I know you're new to the FanDuel, to the DraftKings. Um, we were talking about it earlier when I saw you. What is your take on this whole mess? You know, I, I mean, if if uh, Ethan Haskell is the guy's name, if he's guilty for what he's being accused of, it's just another – you know, American greed story, and it's just too bad, you know. But uh, I agree with Drew that I don't think this is going anywhere. I don't think FanDuel or DraftKings is a black guy. You know, black guys heal, and people forget, forgive and forget. And, I mean, it's fun to play. It's easy to play. It's cheap to play. I mean, what better combination than that? That's true. And, uh, yeah, I, like I said, I'm just – it bothered me. It makes me less trustworthy of where I'm maybe putting my numbers, my money, I should say, as but, I as I, as I play some games. Who am I playing against? What kind of cheating is going on behind the scenes? But you know what? I don't play for big bucks strictly because I don't have the money to play big. But right. um, So for a couple of dollars here and there. Um, but, Doug, let me ask you this. Now, you and I have been in, in – we've done leagues, a couple of different leagues here and there, uh, season-long leagues. Gun to your head, which would you stick with if you had to give up one, the seasonal daily league? Uh, I, if I had to pick one, I'd stay with the uh, seasonal, you know, year long, season long, uh, fantasy football. I mean, it, it's I like that you can go on your cell phone, you can hop on the app in in two minutes and pick a team and join a, a little uh, tournament. It's fun, but I mean, you know, just for tradition wise, strategy wise, camaraderie camaraderie wise with your with your friends and your league, I stick with the season long. There you go. I agree. I do like that. I mean, that's how we started twenty years ago. That's how this all started for me. Uh, that's how long ago my first fantasy football league was. Was, uh, you know, um, well, yeah, probably 20, 18, 20 years ago was when I started, was in my first league uh, at the very beginnings. And uh, I guess that's where my loyalty lies. Um, but, Doug, let's have some fun now. Let's let's talk some start sits here. And uh, let's start with the quarterback position, shall we? We have uh, actually, Doug. Before we get to that, we have a call on the line. So let's see who's uh, who's giving us a call. Hello, you're on the air with Anthony and Doug. Who's this? Hey guys, it's Greg from DC. Greg hey, from DC. Greg, what's going on? How are your you tonight, capital. my friend? This is this is your capital. <laughs> yes, it is. Things are good. My running back situation is terrible. Oh, let's hear it. And I. And I, I've been trying to listen carefully during the week to XM Radio, but they talk nonstop about a daily game that I've never heard of, and I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> so I thought I'd call somebody, some guys with some expertise for a, you know, a full season, God forbid. Um, but I've got these, this running back to Jack Martin. I have Dougie Martin, who I didn't start last week. Then he I actually have, finally had a good game. Yeah, well, yeah, that's why he's on my team. I have uh, Lamar Miller because he, he's been spectacular, and uh, Lashawn McCoy, <laughs> who's frozen out in Buffalo. So Lashawn uh, McCoy's not playing this week, right? Well, apparently neither is Moncrief, who I started. But yeah, 
So, so what's so your I question, don't know. Doug? What, uh, you, you don't even have a question. You're just calling to complain about your running back situation, aren't you? <laughs> I'm trying to find somebody to talk to. I don't know that I have problems to solve. I just want to get some things off my chest. <laughs> Is therapy for us for you? Uh, yeah, I need a little therapy. But, but look, I, I, just so we understand each other, I won't call you back twice because some poor guy named, I think it was Rich, he called you guys twice last week. And then you ridiculed him for calling you back a second time like you had a groupie or something. <laughs> Rich. I think his name was Rich. He was Rich from Long Island. And, and That's right. I don't want to be that guy. So <laughs> I just, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think actually you should devote some time to an apology to him this week is what I would think. <laughs> if, we could, if, we could, if we could squeeze that in before we get off the air, I will uh... – I will do my best to get that apology. But right now, my number one concern is figuring out what your question is and how to appropriately answer it. Well, I was going to ask you if I should start Tannehill over Bortles, but I, I figured that one out. Um, and then I was thinking maybe I would start Decker in, in lieu of uh, Edelman, but I figured that one out too. Um, yeah, and then my third option was either the Jets or the Bills, and, I, and I, I'm just about there on that decision. Well, the bye weeks there have really made that life a lot easier for you, considering the Jets and the Dolphins are on bye, my friend. Well, I, you know, I'm just trying to be topical. <laughs> um, but I do listen to the show uh, with some frequency, um, with some frequency, um, and I'm trying well, to, to be a better listener. Um, so I thought well, I would call in tonight. We do appreciate that, Greg. We do, we do appreciate that. And, and say hi. And, and oh, thank you for your good service to the to the season long game, not just this fan fan. I don't I don't what is it called? I I haven't fan what fan something. Fan duel, fan duel. But there it is, there it is. There they're probably going to write you a check now that you said that name. They will probably <laughs> become a sponsor. So well, if they need my address, tell them to uh, get in touch with me, and I will happily cash that check. So don't worry about that. Chateau Aniano, is that what it is? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> something like that. But, uh, well, all right, guys, listen, Greg, hey. That's all I have for you. <laughs> well, as <laughs> always, we appreciate you listening. Uh, I know you're active on Twitter with us, so I do appreciate that as well. And uh, and it's it's been fun, and uh, hopefully we hear from you real soon. Just not again on this show because we yeah. will ridicule you like we did Rich last week. <laughs> yeah, poor Rich. Rich, Rich, it was wrong. I, it was just wrong. And I thought – because I am Irish, Italian, Catholic, I felt guilty for the hosts. That's how bad the treatment was. So I wanted to call in and, and sort of be your voice tonight, because I'm sure he'll never call back again. <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. Okay. Well, but, uh, all right, Greg, listen, thanks for the call. We'll talk to you real soon, Greg. Have a good night. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Bye. Greg. All right. That's Greg from D.C. calling just to say hi is basically what that was, Doug. And uh, I, don't I like mind. Greg. At least I'm somebody... going to say nice things about Greg for the entire show. I will. I think <laughs> I. You know what? You know what I'm going to do here, Doug. The next half hour of the Anthony Aniano show is brought to you by Greg from DC. So there you go. <laughs> so we dedicate the rest of the show to Greg from DC. There All you right. go, Greg. So Doug, <laughs> there you go. You don't get anything better than that, Greg from DC. We dedicate the rest of this half hour to you, my friend. All right, Doug, let's talk some football now. And it's funny, though, Greg did give us a nice little segue. Let's keep in mind the bye weeks for week five. Carolina Panthers, Miami Dolphins, Minnesota Vikings, and the New York Jets 
all on by. You know, you're missing from the Panthers. You're missing Cam Newton, Greg Olson. Maybe to a, a much lesser extent, you're missing Jonathan Stewart. Miami, Ryan Tannenhill, uh, Lamar Miller's done nothing. Uh, Jordan Cameron, the wide receivers in Miami. Jarvis Landry's solid. You're missing him. Minnesota, the big hit, obviously, Adrian Peterson. The Jets, you're missing their defense. You're missing their wide receivers and Chris Ivory. Never thought I'd say that many Jets had fantasy impact, but the truth is they do. Marshall, Decker, Ivory have all been terrific, as well as that Jets defense. So let's keep that in mind when we talk uh, positionally about what we think. And let's start with the quarterback situation, Doug. Obviously, we love Tom Brady against Dallas, Aaron Rodgers against St. Louis. Um, Drew Brees with the shoulder. He's been less than stellar, Doug, but he's got a nice matchup this week against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles are are easily a a low-end pass defense. You know, Philadelphia on the season, they are allowing uh, over 270 yards through the air, 277. They've allowed six touchdowns. Do you feel comfortable with Drew Brees as a a QB1 this week? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a little bit banged up. But um, you know what? He, he's still Drew Brees. He's going to put up uh, fine numbers this week. I have no problem starting him at all. Now, staying with that conversation, Brandon Cooks, I think I think he's a pretty safe start. What about – it's funny. Everybody talked about Brandon Coleman at the start of the year, and he's been passed by a different undrafted free agent wide receiver, Willie Sneed. Um, he is becoming a bigger and bigger option in New Orleans. Uh, last week, I believe he went for over 80 yards. On the season, Sneed has 16 catches. He leads the team in receiving yardage with 240 yards. He has one touchdown. That's one more than Brandon Cooks has. Is Willie Sneed in a 12-team league at least approaching the, the wide receiver three or flex option, if not higher? Absolutely. I actually dropped Coleman this week and picked up Snead. I mean, he's getting a lot of targets. He's getting a, a, a lot of uh, volume his way. Uh, you know, are we going to see him surpass Cooks soon? Who knows? I mean, the way things are going, Cooks is not panning out. A lot of people, including myself, are pretty disappointed with, uh, with Cooks. Uh, Snead might be the guy uh, coming up uh, this season, Anthony. Yeah, I think Snead at this point is a must-add. Uh, and, and somebody you have to go with, look at uh, going forward at the very least as a flex option. Um, I, I don't know if I'm in love with him yet as a, as a wide receiver too, but if you tell me I'm going to play him as my flex option, I don't mind it so much. Doug, another quarterback, Eli Manning. Eli Manning has put over 20 fantasy points up now for uh, I believe it's three weeks in a row. He's been terrific. I still think he's underrated, and uh, he goes against the 49ers defense. That again, I mean, the 49ers are just a hot mess. There's no way around it. They're giving up 263 yards passing. Uh, they've allowed six passing touchdowns. Uh, is Eli Manning a top 10 fantasy quarterback and a must start at this point? Uh, you know, I, I think he is. And it's funny, I was thinking about this matchup before, Anthony. Uh, as a lifelong Giants fan, they had a real nice win last week against the Bills. Uh, they weren't, I think they were. I don't know what the spread was, but they were definitely underdogs. And they went into Buffalo, and they did—they were real strong over there. This matchup this week against San Francisco, historically, Anthony, is a type of game that the Giants often lose. Um, I would still start the main guys. Um, I would still start Eli in, uh, in a second. I'll start Odell, obviously. But I'm just saying 
Defense-wise, I would not start their defense. I don't like. I, it's one of those trap games for them. It's one of those games that historically they always seem to lose. They got a massive win the week before, and then they, they you know, at home they 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 choke. See, I, I the one thing I can't I can't agree with you on that. I am all in on the Giants' defense. Um, the Forty ers offense is as bad as any offense in the league. Carlos Hyde has done nothing since week one. Absolutely right. nothing. And keep in mind, the Giants' defense is the number one ranked defense against the run in the league. <laughs> Giants' defense is allowing a paltry uh, 69.8 yards per game. Only have allowed two passing touchdowns. Now, through the air, the Giants' defense is terrible. They are allowing 327 receiving yards a game. They've allowed six receiving touchdowns. However, Colin Kaepernick we know has not been good. He only has two touchdown passes and five interceptions on the season. His number one wide receiver, Torrey Smith, Anquan Bolden, they don't scare anybody. Um, go back to the daily game. I'm not picking up the Giants defense to play in a yearly league, a seasonal league over this. But in a daily game, the Giants are cheap, and I'm using them because I just think that matchup is too good. Doug, staying on this game, though, you said Odell Beckham, you said Eli Manning. I, agree, I think we agree. Stay away from the Giants running backs. What about Ruben Randall? Um, yeah, he's definitely – at this point, I am uh, very comfortable playing him in the flex position. He was one of those guys preseason, Anthony, I, I didn't really want to touch. You know, I mean, no one knew about Cruz coming back. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't really look that great last season, and he's really starting to come into his own this season. And uh, as far as a wide receiver three or flex, yeah, definitely Adam. Yeah, Ruben Randall. Uh, you know, people don't forget, I guess, he had 970 yards receiving last year. He's got 10 receptions, two touchdowns over his last two games. 49ers defense allows 27.5 points per game. Uh, Eli's going to be throwing it. I think Randall gets in the end zone. I think Beckham has a big game. I, I, I just see that's how that ends up. Doug, my quarterback sleeper of the week is Jay Cutler. Uh, he I never thought I'd say this, but Jay Cutler showed how tough he was last week, basically playing on one leg. And he goes against the Kansas City Chiefs defense that allows 311 passing yards. And get a load of this. The Chiefs defense has allowed 11 passing touchdowns uh, uh, this season, receiving touchdowns this season already. Uh, I think you got to play Jay Cutler. I, I think he's a lock for at least two DDs this week, Doug. No, I agree. Uh, I have a couple of sleepers, too. You stole mine with Jay Cutler, and that's fine. We're on the same page. Uh, yeah, I would definitely start Jay Cutler this week. Um, I like the matchup as well. Uh, my sleeper, Anthony, this week is Josh McCowan against Baltimore. Interesting. Baltimore's pass defense on the season, uh, they're allowing 258 yards receiving a game. They have allowed seven touchdowns. You know, McCown didn't look bad last week. All right, let me ask you this. Let's play the game because I always like right, the game. We used to play it when we were younger, but with different different people involved, I guess. Who sure. would you rather? Who would you rather? Jay okay. Cutler against Kansas City or McCown, like you mentioned, against Baltimore? Cutler. Definitely, definitely um, Cutler. Now, he hit same game. Alex Smith, I've seen him get added in a few things. Alex Smith is going against Chicago. Right. Uh, the Bears' defense is notoriously weak. We know that. However, 
They haven't been terrible against the pass, only allowing 201 yards receiving. But look at this into this difference, right? They've only allowed 201 yards receiving per game, but they are second most passing TDs allowed. They've allowed 10 passing touchdowns. These two teams combined have given up 21 passing touchdowns in four <laughs> games. I, I, I can't imagine there being any stops on defense. I just can't. Alex Smith a good play this week? Yeah, uh, I have him as well. Last week he was 31 for 45 for uh, 386 yards. Um, I mean, the proof is in the pudding there. I mean, he's maybe not a sexy pick, uh, maybe a bit of a gamble. But, yeah, I would start him as well. If I choose between Um, Cutler and Smith, I would take Cutler. Now, Cutler might not have Alshon Jeffrey. Just keep that in mind. He's still limited. Uh, Eddie Royal has a little bit of an ankle, but he had a nice game last week. Martellus Bennett, Matt Forte is still there. Uh, Jeremy Jeremy Macklin hasn't really struggled in Kansas City like people thought he would. Might have been a good move getting out of the dysfunctional Eagles offense. Uh, So Jeremy Macklin's been solid, Travis Kelsey. I mean, this game, all I'm going to say is bet the over on this game because both of those defenses are are just bad. Couple of players I'm staying away from who we have hyped in the past. You know, stay away this week from Derek Carr. As much as we like him long term, uh, he is playing the Broncos this week. The Denver Bronco pass defense is the number one pass defense in the league right now. Um, Denver is allowing a measly 185 yards through the air. Only have allowed two passing touchdowns to six interceptions. Uh, it's going to be a tough game in my view for Derek Carr. Stay away from guys like Michael Vick. Uh, Blake Bortles against Tampa, Doug. What, what, what are your thoughts, Greg? Somewhere in that, we did that wacky call that he gave us, Greg mentioned Blake Bortles against Tampa. What is your take on Bortles? Yeah, he's on my start list as well. I, I'm really, I'm, uh, I think week by week, I, I really like Bortles a lot. Um, he's got some decent tools around him, not great uh, he's one of those guys. If if he's in a if you're in a keeper league, you know maybe consider keeping him possibly next year. We'll see how he's ranked next year. But I mean, the last few games, Anthony, he's putting up decent fantasy points. Uh, uh, the second game of the season, 237 yards, two touchdowns. Third game against New England, 242 yards, two touchdowns, only one pick. Last week, almost 300 uh, yards against Indianapolis. I think it's a pretty solid start. Yeah, Tampa, very good against the pass so far. Only 186 yards allowed per game, but they have given up eight passing touchdowns. Mike Evans is healthy. Vincent Jackson is there. Um, I think I think uh, 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 I said the Tampa wide receivers. Alan Hearns, um, Alan Robinson are there for Blake right. Bortles. Uh, Hearns had a big game last week. Robinson, we know how good he is. I think, uh, I think Bortles could put up some numbers. Doug, let's slide down to the running back position now. Um, you know, we know Le'Veon Bell, Eddie Lacy. Matchup of the week, those got to go to Justin Forsett. He's rushing against the Cleveland defense that up until last week was the worst against the run. They've now been bypassed. Miami is the worst. Cleveland is still second, though. They're allowing 142 yards a game. They've given up three rushing touchdowns. Um, are we tripping over ourselves to get Justin Forsett in the lineup? Oh, yeah. Well, and uh, especially with, you know, with Steve Smith, their best receiver, is, uh, is he definitely out or most likely out? Seems like he's out. Kamara Aiken will probably be the number one guy there in Baltimore. Yeah, they're going to be running like crazy, so he's definitely a great start uh, this week against the, against the uh, Browns. 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm all over Justin Fossett. Use him if you can. Um, Jamal Charles, Mark Ingram, Doug Devonta Freeman. This question was posed to me, and I'm going to pose it to you. Sell high on Devonta Freeman after six touchdowns in two games, or are you all in on Devonta Freeman and you're saying, uh-uh, you got to all be one on your hands, hold on to this guy? Uh, you know, I, I, I love selling guys high. I love doing that. But uh, and, and you know what? I would have a week or two ago. At this point, I think I'm in on Freeman. I'm, I'm sticking with him. I want to keep him for, for – I mean, he's ranked – he's a top five or six running back this week. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to stick with him. And, and their schedule, Anthony, in Atlanta is just ridiculous. Washington, then New Orleans, then Tennessee, and then Tampa Bay. I'm not giving him up at all. Yeah, Washington, pretty good against the run. Only 78 yards allowed per game. Could be a tough one for Freeman, but if you own him in a PPR league, he's getting you four to five catches every week as well. So I think he's still going to do his damage. And then the following week, like you said, he, they've got New Orleans, and New Orleans has given up 123 yards a game, two touchdowns. I agree. That was the same answer I gave. Hold on to Freeman. You may have something pretty good there. TJ Yeldon of Jacksonville had his best game as a pro last week, Doug. He went over 100 yards this week. Um, Yeldon, like we mentioned with uh, Jacksonville, they're going up against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is allowing 134, 137 yards per game, uh, uh, four touchdowns. Do you feel comfortable? And I know you've liked Yeldon. We've talked about him since the preseason. Do you feel comfortable with Yeldon as maybe an RB2 this week? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I actually have Yeldon and Martin in the same league, and I'm just going to Start them both and let them have at it and see which one you know gives me the most points. I mean, I, at this point, he's my he's my he's he was my second guy, second running back pick. So I kind of got to go with him. Yeah, I agree, and I think Yeldon's going to get a little bit better every week. He's got probably the best matchup he's had all season this week. I am right. all in on Yeldon, using him in every league I have as well as an RB two. Um, I feel good about that going forward. Another player I like this week, and I don't even know if he's the starter yet, but he should be by now. And that would be Ronnie Hillman. Ronnie Hillman right. running against Oakland. Uh, coming out of Denver now, they're calling C.J. Anderson and Ronnie Hillman co-starters. Ronnie Hillman averaged about 10 yards a carry last week. C.J. Anderson, I think, averaged about two yards a carry. And they're going against an Oakland defense, an Oakland rush defense, that's given up 93 yards a game, two touchdowns. This is going to sound crazy, but C.J. Anderson may very well be the starting running back in Denver this Sunday. Ronnie Hillman may technically, quote, be the number two. I would still start Ronnie Hillman over C.J. Anderson at this point. Uh, uh, your thoughts? No, I, I couldn't agree more. I, uh, if, I, if, I, uh, if I had C.J. Anderson, I would try to trade him for Ronnie Hillman. I, mean, I think Hillman, he's going to end up being the guy there, without a doubt. Yeah, I, I, my only hope, if you were a C.J. Anderson owner, is if you listened in the show's the start of the season, and I didn't love C.J. Anderson, right. but I just hope you were smart enough to handcuff him with Ronnie Hillman, because at the very least, you could say, I have the Broncos starting running back, whoever that may be, <laughs> and it's still not clear, but signs are pointing towards uh, Ronnie Hillman. Doug, yeah, you definitely ran that season. Yeah, I mean, C.J. Anderson, eight games. And, and, and you know what, you know, CJ, this is what C.J. Anderson reminds me of, Doug. You're 22 years old, you get your first job, you go to your first happy hour, first Friday night of your new job, 
and you meet a girl that night, and three weeks later you're buying a ring. That's what people did with C.J. Anderson. He had eight <laughs> games. People were tripping over themselves, professing long-lasting love. And you know what? When the lights were turned on, C.J. Anderson wasn't as pretty as you thought the night you met him. That's all I'm going to say about C.J. Anderson. That's a great analogy, Anthony. <laughs> okay, thank you, Doug. Doug, New England's running back situation. Deion Lewis is clearly the best back on the Patriots. They just rewarded him with a contract extension today. But what's happening is Deion Lewis is coming out early, going in early in the game. He's running the ball well. He's a PPR machine. They knew exactly, exactly what they were doing when they let Shane Vereen go. So Deion Lewis has been lights out terrific. And now what we saw the last game New England played two weeks ago is LeGarrette Blount comes in after the game is over and picks up three touchdowns on the ground as the Patriots are just basically trying to run the game away. Right. So now this week, New England, in a game they should win against the Dallas Cowboys B team, let's be honest. Right. You know, they're missing all their, their – Lance Dunbar's now out for the year. He His knee exploded in an Anniano-like manner. <laughs> and, you know, they're going against the Dallas team – that allows 92 yards on the ground, five touchdowns. And then in the air, Dallas's pass defense is allowing 256 yards, five touchdowns. Deion Lewis is effective in both ways. Do you go Deion Lewis as an RB2? Do you sneak LeGarrette Blount in? What do you do with that? You know, I mean, if I have Lewis, I start him. Uh, Blount, I, I, I can't trust that. I can't trust at end of the game. Maybe you'll uh, grab some touchdowns at the end. I mean, I, I can't. For me personally, I, I can't start Blount. Can't do it. Just can't trust the. Do you? Where do you rank Lewis? Is Lewis an RB two, a flex play? Where do you rank Lewis? Uh, he, he's a very safe flex player. Um, low two flex player. Yeah, no problem with that. Yeah, I'm utilizing him in, and you know my. But I, I don't look for a running back early. I've been very happy with. My late round, Devonta Freeman, and my free agent pickup, Deion Lewis, uh, in, a, in a league wearing together, actually. That combination has done me justice. Doug, sliding down the running back list, uh, any surprises, any lower-level guys? Do you trust the Jeremy Hill coming off three touchdowns running against Seattle, Melvin Gordon, any of these guys who maybe went a little earlier, uh, any of these other guys you like? You know, uh, well, I mean, like we, we said before, I mean, you got to start Chris Johnson. In Arizona, I mean, he's looking. He's looking pretty good. What does that do to Andre Ellington? Well, I think I think we said pre or I said preseason that Ellington is a guy that I just won't touch, and this is exactly why. He's one of those guys mm-hmm. where he's, you know, he's the guy at the moment. He gets tweaked. Someone does a little bit better than him, uh, and I mean, Ellington. I, 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 for me, I just don't own him. It's as simple as that. He's one of those, you know, quagmire guys. He's he's kind of like a C.J. Anderson, but not quite as bad, and obviously not as high a pick. So uh, I mean, I'll start yeah, with Johnson, Ellington. I, 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 you know, that's that's why I don't have him. I don't have him in any leagues. I never even had him in my in my sight to pick him in any league. You know, the truth is at this point, Ellington, and you got to wait and see because I don't believe Chris Johnson stays healthy there for very long either. Right. Um, but the truth is. Andre Ellington right now is a flex play option. We don't even know yet if he's going to play this week. 
Sounds like he's going to be the uh, infamous game-time decision, so just be aware of that. You know, some other running backs I don't mind this week. Uh, Amir Abdul has been, been a huge disappointment. I'm staying away from him against Arizona. David Johnson of Arizona at Detroit. If you're in a PPR format, I like him. I'm going to roll with Jeremy Hill against Seattle. Uh, Seattle's defense, we know how good it is, but I do believe at times it's more of a reputation thing than anything else. You know, Seattle currently uh, um, against the run, they're allowing 89 yards a game, two touchdowns. I think Jeremy Hill could possibly pick up a goal line touchdown or two if, if the flow of the game. And we will recommend him until we are no longer on the air. Doug, Danny Woodhead is a must-start in the PPR league. You agree? Yeah, 100%. Definitely. Absolutely. You know who I don't like, Anthony? Who I don't like is uh, C.J. Spiller. You know, He's been I, a disappointment I, this year, Doug. Well, you know what? He had a big game, but without that last play for 80 yards, he has 19 yards You know, on, on, on the game. Right. No, he hasn't done much. Uh, Ingram is clearly the guy. Even in PPR formats, Ingram's done well. So uh, I agree with you. I'm not, I'm not invested in C.J. Spiller too much. Doug, let's move on to the wide receivers. What's that? I said, you know, that hurts me to say that because I was very high on him. But I said, right now, can't trust him. No, I yeah. And you are. You are all over C.J. Spiller. You love the opportunity. Let's be honest. The Saints offense has not done anything what we expected. We expected nope. Spiller and Brandon Cooks. And it's been Ingram and Willie Sneed. Who would have guessed that uh, just <laughs> four or five weeks ago, right? Um, right. Wide receivers, Doug, I got to tell you, my number one ranked wide receiver this week is Jeremy Macklin against the Bears. Um, I know it sounds crazy, but Macklin's been terrific, and he's got a nice matchup. We talked about it earlier uh, against against the Chicago defense. Uh, they've given up 10 passing touchdowns. I think Macklin gets in the end zone. Um, any other wide receivers you like going forward this week? Uh, you know, I like Mike Evans. I mean, he was ranked high anyway. He's not doing a whole lot, but he's one of those guys, his talent, his ceiling is so high, you, you still got to start him. And on the other side of the ball, I mean, I think you have to start Vincent Jackson, too, because he's the guy getting all the, all, the, uh, all the targets. Yeah, Vincent Jackson's been better than advertised. Uh, a nice little flex option. Now, the obvious players here, right, Julian Edelman, Demarius Thomas, Larry Fitzgerald's been great, Odell Beckham, Julio Jones. He has a little foot situation, but he'll be all right. Doug, Keenan Allen against Pittsburgh. Are you concerned? Keenan Allen's been terrific. He had one bad game, but overall he's been great. A lot of targets, a lot of receptions. But Antonio Gates is back. Does that change your view of Keenan Allen going forward? You know, I mean, obviously it's going to take some ball away from him, but uh, I'm still going to stick with him. I mean, like until he gives me a reason not to, I'm going with him. Yeah, I kind of agree. I'm going to stick with Allen. Going to be interesting, though, how that football gets spread around now. We know Antonio Gates has long been the best option there in San Diego. Wondering if that continues. We'll see what happens. Doug, what about Amari Cooper against Denver? Number one defense against the pass in the league. Young offense, Derek Carr, Amari Cooper. I can't trust Cooper in the role I was trusting him as a wide receiver, too. Maybe as a flex option, but I might be looking for a sneakier play in Alan Hearns. Uh, maybe even a Leonard Hankerson, then, then you know, then Amari Cooper. I just don't like the matchup this week. You know, I agree the matchup is not good. However, I mean, just for volumes concerned, 
I want to play him because there's a real good chance that Denver is going to be up really fast and uh, Oakland will be playing catch-up. That's why I'm, I'm not really that down on Carr this week either. I, I think I, I know Denver's got uh, a great you know uh, defense, especially against the, the pass, but, I mean, they're going to be down fast, I think, a couple of touchdowns probably within the first quarter possibly, and they're playing catch-up the entire game. So I think for, for volume's sake, I don't mind Cooper as a flex at all. Fair enough. Uh, all right, Brandon Cooks or Amari Cooper? Oh, you dirty dog. Cooks against Philadelphia. You dirty dog. You had to do it. Uh, that was a tough one. You know Cooks what? I'm has going, been a I'm disappointment going... this year. Yeah. There's no uh, denying Cooks has been a disappointment, but his matchup is better. It is. I'm going Cooper. Yeah, I'm going to go Cooks. I I. I I'm a big matchup guy. That matchup against Philadelphia is just too too tempting. I'm going to go Cooks. Ruben Randall or Amari Cooper? Uh, Randall. Really? Yeah, I'm going Randall. By the way, another home run by uh, Houston. 5-2 Houston over the Royals. Houston leads 5-2. Kendry Morales, a couple of home runs for Kansas City. All right, Doug, with a few minutes left here, let's slide over the tight end position. We know the big names, Gronk, Kelsey, Charles Clay has been terrific, uh, Jimmy Graham. The Oakland Raider defense has given up more points <clears throat> fantasy-wise to opposing tight ends than any other defense in the league. Uh, you saw it last week with Martellus Bennett, uh, uh, the guy from Cleveland, Barn- Barnridge, two weeks ago. Well, this week it's Owen Daniels against Oakland. Like I said, more points allowed versus opposing tight ends than any other team. Daniels has gotten a few cheap touchdowns, but really hasn't been a major factor. Are you willing to play Owen Daniels in a, in a weekly league? Um, in a weekly league? In, a, in your seasonal league, are you willing to start him? Uh, you know what? As a, as a buy replacement, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm still not convinced yet. I mean, he's just not what we thought he was going to be. The, the targets he's getting, he's getting, he's probably averaging about six targets a game. It's not too bad. Um, but no, I'm not. I'm not going to unless I'm, I got a guy on buy. No, I'm not going to play him. Tight ends that would be on buy this week: Kyle Rudolph, Jordan Cameron, Greg Olson. The Jets really don't have a tight end that would be ownable. So there's really not much going on there. Um, see, I, I like Daniels this week uh, just because of the matchup. This is a matchup that has been proven now over four weeks. I think Manning will look for Daniels. Um, what do you expect out of Antonio Gates coming back? Um, I expect a lot. I expect a lot. I, I mean, he's he's, he's going to be healthy, obviously. Uh, and, and, you know, Rivers, I mean, those two, you know, they're, they're, their combination is just second to none. You know, I, I I would start him in a second. Let me ask you this: Owen Daniels or Charles Clay? Charles Clay. Although Charles Clay popped up on the injury report today, but the report is his he'll play. Um, Charles Clay has been unreal so far for Buffalo. He's really has been their number one uh, uh, passing option, receiving option. Uh, he's going against t- Tennessee. Charles Clay's got 21 catches, 255 yards, and two touchdowns through four games. Uh, Tyrod Taylor leans on him. I like Charles Clay a lot. Uh, I was in some leagues where he actually went undrafted. Uh, sure. I'm all in on on Charles Clay there, Doug. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like Charles Clay in Miami. I, mean, I just thought the guy was, you know, exceptional. 
And, uh, you know, he's, he, he's proved me right in Buffalo. I mean, he's the guy in Buffalo. Who would have thought a tight end in Buffalo would be the guy with Sammy Watkins there? Yeah, Watkins has been hurt. Uh, you know, he's trying to get back this week, but uh, it's going to be uh, interesting. Doug, any other tight ends that you may like this week going forward? Uh, no, that's about it. <laughs> that pretty much covers it. Yeah, that covers it. There's not much. Uh, we know the deal with the tight ends. You go with the guys who have gotten you to the dance. Doug, uh, we did get a Twitter question while on the air, so as I pull that up, um, let's take a look. Uh, it was a one-third point PPR, a .33 PPR format. Delaney Walker, okay, the Tennessee Titans are facing, I, I know we just said it as I rummaged Bills. through all my stats, Buffalo Bills. You've got Martavius Bryant returning from suspension uh, to play for the Steelers this week, obviously. Michael Vick at the helm. They're on the road Monday night against the Chargers. And then Brandon Cooks, who we've talked about uh, ad nauseum here tonight. Brandon Cooks, Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. Who do you flex? Walker, Bryant, or Cooks? Uh, you know, I actually have Walker on my sit list. Um, for me, it's easily Cooks. I agree. Uh, Cooks, the matchup against the Eagles is just too good. Uh, that would be the team I would, uh, the player I would go with as well. All right, just a quick update, Doug. Just hit you up on the baseball score: five to two, Houston Astros over the one seed Kansas City Royals. Quick update on tonight's football game before we sign up: off Indianapolis Colts with a twenty-seven to seventeen lead over the Houston Texans. Um, touchdown scored here so far. Uh, the last one was scored by Matt Hasselback. Another pass to Andre Johnson. Johnson's had a monster game. Odds are he was on a lot of benches. So Hasselback <laughs> with two touchdown passes. Uh, Frank Gore, 88 yards and a touchdown. Andre Johnson, 6 for 77. Two touchdowns in a standard league. You're looking at 19 points. In a PPR, you're looking at about 25. That's doing you no good sitting on the bench. T.Y. Hilton, 3 for 38. Dwayne Allen, Kobe Fleener, uh Dante Moncrief, all non-factors. Houston, Brian Hoyer with two touchdown passes. Arian Forster's been quiet, only 42 yards on the ground. DeAndre Hopkins, though, has had a great game. Uh, he's got 10 receptions for 148 yards. PPR league, that's about 25 points. And Jalen Strong, the rookie, uh, third-round pick from for Houston. Only two catches, 53 yards, but both of those catch catches have gone for scores. He's going to be a huge waiver-wire addition this time next week. Doug, big weekend of sports lining up. Mets, Dodgers, what's your prediction? Got to go with the Mets. The Miracle Mets. Mets in. The best of five. Mets in. I'll say five. I'm going to say four. Okay. I'm going to say four. I'm going to say four. Baseball playoffs should be fun. I'm looking forward to that tomorrow night. Uh, the wild card games were great. The baseball playoffs should be a lot of fun. Two great National League series. Cubs-Cardinals, one of the biggest rivalries in baseball. First time they're ever facing each other in the playoffs. Mets-Dodgers, you know, the history there. The Dodgers were basically the Mets before they moved out of Brooklyn and into uh, L.A. So that should be great as well. All right, Doug, this has been a lot of fun. I want to thank Drew Phelps. 
Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio joining us and talking about the DFS controversy that has consumed the news over the past week. I want to thank Greg from D.C. for giving us a call. The last half hour of this show has been brought to you by Greg from D.C. And as always, <laughs> I want to thank you, Douglas Dalla, for joining us um, and uh, sharing your expertise with us. Great stuff as always, my friend. It's been a pleasure, sir. Thanks so much. It's Greg, we love you, man. <laughs> Great stuff. Don't forget, you can follow uh, the show on Twitter at A. Aniano Fantasy and Facebook at the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. Go to rotoballer.com, draftvalet.com, uh, where I'm happily involved on the uh, advice side of things with both of those sites. You can hear my other show, Rotoballer Fantasy Sports Radio, every Tuesday night at 9.30 Eastern Time with my co-host, Real Talk Raf. And uh, as we talk the waiver wire uh, here over here on Blog Talk Radio. And the Anthony Aniano Show, brought to you every Thursday night, 10 o'clock Eastern Time. Anthony here and Doug, uh, giving you all the best information in the world of fantasy sports. Don't forget, go to iTunes, uh, download, subscribe, rate, and comment on the show. We love the feedback. We appreciate everybody who's listening on their phones. Whenever they get a chance over the course of the weekend, uh, we do appreciate the support. So join us again next Thursday night, same time, 10 o'clock Eastern Time, the Anthony Aniano Show. For Douglas Dollar, I am Anthony Aniano. Thanks for listening, everybody, and have a great night. Mm-hmm.